so many emotions are going through my mind and my heart. And since I'm with family and I'm not in a performance, I'm free to just talk, right? I don't have to impress anybody this morning. Um, we sing that song at my mom's home going, it is well. And God truly gave my family peace like a river. I'll talk about him being a way maker in a moment. But I also want to talk about the God who can give you the grace and the strength to say it's well. Even when you're not doing too well, you can say it's well. With my soul, it might not be well with the circumstances, situations, relationships, my money, but my soul is all right. You got to, if you don't go through things, you won't know what he's able to do with you and in you. You know, you got to go through some stuff. And then Jewel read from scripture about what's impossible with man is possible with God. And then we sang about God being a way maker. I got to tell you, uh, there were so many people who told us that we could never put a statue of a United States colored troop soldier up in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, so many people said that would be impossible. And there were a few times we thought it would be impossible. But I'm so glad that God is faithful even when we have little faith. And we were able, with the grace of God and his help, to put a statue up. But about two weeks ago, when we're planning all this stuff on such a short notice, we didn't have any money. We didn't have any volunteers. We just had a little bit of faith. I said we didn't have any money. And we had an investor who was willing to put up money out of his own pocket, over $30,000, to plan the events that we were going to have for those three days. And, uh, and he had a great spirit, but I'm like, you got to get your money back. So ticket sales were moving slow. We didn't have a lot of time to promote it. Didn't have a lot of time to sell tickets. And I remember telling the main organizers, probably about 10 days away from the events that would start on Thursday. I said, we are between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea. God has got to do a miracle in this situation because we don't have the money. But I've been in situations like this before and I know that he's a way maker that he can make a way out of no way. And uh, so ticket sales started coming slowly. Started coming slowly. And there's Joe Howard right there. And then, amen. Amen. And then someone from Strong Tower bought a table. Another person from Strong Tower bought a table. Someone from this church bought a table. Someone from that church bought a table. And I saw God meeting the need. And then all of a sudden, I got an email that a woman I have never heard of, a woman that I have never met, gave $10,000 just like that. And he started meeting the need. So as we sing today about he's a way maker, again, if I didn't have a problem, I wouldn't know that God was able to solve them. So I don't know what you're in, what you're going through. And he's no respecter of persons. Jewel even talked today about people who are in school and having to take tests and do projects. 
Well, one of my daughters, who's a senior at University of Tennessee Chattanooga, came home for the weekend to be a part of all the festivities, but put her behind with her work. And so she's home this morning doing her work before she heads back to school. And she said, I'll watch. But she was a little stressed about her work. So Chase, look at God. He gave you a word this morning saying he's got this. He's going to take care of it. He's a practical God like that. Now, I got some things I'm going to say and I'm going to preach. But I got to open up this microphone. I need one of the urshers to get me a microphone. Because I'm not the only one that has testimony about God being a way maker and a miracle worker. So uh, if you want to come, I'll take two of you. You want to come testify to the glory of God. We got the ABCs now. Articulate, be brief, and be Christ-centered. Okay? Anybody want to come? You got a testimony. Amen. Come on, sister. Come on. Come on, sister Sydney. Amen. Come on. Let's give Jesus praise. Come on. Come on now. Come on. The devil is mad right now. here last Sunday and when you and I met my brother was not in a good place I was not here last Sunday because I was celebrating my big brother's 28th birthday and five years ago I didn't even know if there was going to be a 28 he was not okay the devil was playing with his mind he was angry he was having fits of rage and mania he was not okay but I went home and I saw my brother. He's doing so well. <laughs> he's doing so well. And he's, he's always been my best friend, just like my heart walking outside of my body. But there was a moment where I had never had an enemy before. But if I did, it was, it was my own, it was my brother. But I feel the Lord bringing him back, y'all. I see him smiling. I see him laughing. The Lord gave me words. The Lord gave me visions. The Lord promised me he would give me my brother back. And when he came out of it, y'all, I just began to pray. He would take every treasure, everything that the enemy stole, the Lord would restore it temple. If we're going to walk through this, let's come Come out with something. That's right. That's right. That's right. And he came out. He came out with wisdom. He came out with love he came out with joy he came out with favor and as we walk out of this season now I can go and tell people who are walking through this you're gonna be all right your brother's gonna be all right your mom is gonna be all right your cousin's gonna be all right it doesn't look good now they're not listening now their heart has pride in it now but just wait stand and see what the Lord will do Five years, and I am standing and seeing what the Lord has done. Amen. 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 That's all right. Come on now. Anybody want to give him some glory? Anybody else got a testimony? Anybody else got a testimony of him making a way? You ain't got to be nervous. This is a living room. This is a house church. We family. Is there one? Uh oh, come on down, Peter. You know God got something good when you leave a soundboard and come down. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, hi, I'm Peter. I'm usually up there. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Pastor, for opening this up. Uh, I couldn't not share. Uh, we've got a, a little boy that we've adopted from Memphis uh, a while back, and um, we adopted him. We hadn't anticipated adopting a medically fragile baby, uh, but God put that on us, and without going through the whole story, uh, we're here now. And his, he had a laundry list of stuff, and the doctors, you know, didn't project a whole lot of hope for where his journey would go. But he quickly became the sort of hero on the NICU floor in Memphis at Le Bonheur. Um, 
and he's got so he's got kidney failure and H E I H I E uh, brain damage. So we got him home. He's doing better. Getting blood work done. We do uh, dialysis every night with him. We've got a machine at home. Little by little, doctors are saying his kidneys are starting to heal themselves. We say, well, okay. <laughs> heal themselves. We know it's God. But little by little, they start saying, okay, well, you know what? Let's pull him off dialysis a little bit. Let's get his blood work. Let's just see how he's doing. And so we went down to once a week instead of every day. Blood work's still looking good. Once a month, blood work's still looking good. So the doctor just gave us news this past week that she said, I'm not going to keep a kid on dialysis that doesn't need to be on dialysis. <laughs> so, so he's going to go off dialysis. They're going to take his catheter out. <laughs> and, and praise God, I just had to share. Yeah. And, and thank you guys. There have been so much support and prayers from Strong Tower. And we wouldn't have walked this journey without Strong Tower, without this body. And so we are so incredibly thankful for everybody in this body, all the prayers, all of the support, all the love that we have received. And, and um, so I, I had to share. Thank you, guys. Praise God. Amen. Reese is doing fine. Amen. Amen. Well, if you were able to come out this past week, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, I know some of you had a lot going on, uh, but if you were able to come out, uh, can you just raise your hand so I can see if you were able to come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, before I move on, I'll let you out because we got a football game today. I won't keep you long. But if there's anybody before I hear a little testimony from my friend who's here from Ohio, uh, if anybody wants to testify about something they saw or felt, this is your time. Anybody want to come up and testify about something? Hey, you got to come up here so the people online can see you. Come on, Felicia. <laughs> I think some of you guys might know I'm from Mississippi. <laughs> and yesterday, you know, Pastor, I was like, I gotta go out, I gotta go out and see the statue. I gotta go support my pastor, what he's gone through <laughs> to get this statue out here. Hmm. I gotta go, you know, I was kind of down. I was like, I don't really, nobody really cares if I go, but it wasn't about me. Hmm. And in some ways, it was about me. <laughs> because I just told Jonathan a little while ago, you know, I said, Jonathan, you know, now that I think about it, I've never seen a black person in a statue. I was like, I don't think they have any black statues of people, black people in Mississippi. <laughs> so I was just so blessed. Thank I'm so thankful to be at Strong Tower because God has done so much in my life in these past four years. And I'm just thankful for you, Pastor. I'm thankful for Doreen and for Jewel and just for all the all of you guys. You're my family. Amen. That's right. I don't have any family here. My sister texted me the other day and she says, so that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for you guys. And I'm just, I'm just so blessed, you know, more blessed than I know. God is showing me every day just little miracles, you know, like a miracle worker. A miracle doesn't have to be a big, big thing, you know. A miracle is a miracle, you know. And so yesterday was a miracle to me. Amen. Amen. So thank you. Amen. Thank you, girl. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there another before Dr. Joe Howard comes up? Is there another? All right, come on. Let's give it up for this brother here. 
my oldest daughter compelled me to come up here because we had a story from a gentleman that was in the crowd yesterday who felt compelled to, to go up to her family and tell a story about the, about the dedication of the, mm -hmm. the statue and the original statue that was in the square. Mm -hmm. So this gentleman was a seventh generation Tennessean who had a direct lineage ancestor that was there in the year 1900 when that original statue was dedicated. And he was in, almost in tears. He was very emotional when he was telling us this. And I'm getting kind of emotional right now. But uh, he just felt compelled to tell our family the story about the change that he's seen. Mm. And he's, he's glad to be a part of it. And he's a writer, actually, mm. who's going to tell the story about this statue as well in the Franklin local newspaper. So mm. I just wanted to tell that story. But <laughs> why'd you tell me to come up here and do this? <laughs> okay. But uh, I just wanted to share that. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> y'all want to hear from the sculptor? I say y'all want to hear from the sculptor? <laughs> Come on up here, brother. This is uh, Joe Howard, and he's an honorary deacon of Strong Tower Bible Church. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, Take some time, man. Talk to the people. Say to all of you, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Boy, this is something. Let me see. I'm, got, I'm one of those guys that got to see who I'm talking to. <laughs> but I want to say I'm glad to be here. I almost didn't make it. Mm. I, I was burned out from Thursday to yesterday. As I was pretty well worn out. This morning, my wife said to me, I told her, I said, Lord, I said, I'm so tired. I said, you know I got to do this. Oh, yeah, you're teaching me. <laughs> trying to bring me up right. <laughs> um, I spoke to my wife this morning. I said, Lord, I said, I'm, I'm just worn out. I said, I hate to do it because I promise I'm going to go to the church. She said, listen to me. I said, you ain't going home. <laughs> I said, you're going to stay down here. You're going to get some rest. You've worked hard this whole year. I said, okay. I said, if you don't act right, I'm going to leave you. <laughs> So, so okay <laughs> she said that I said are you serious I'm going to leave you <laughs> said you better stay down here get some rest and go over to the church I said I'm going I'm going to do that but I want to tell you just to hear the, the folks you know those of the other family here to hear a testimony mm -hmm. you know when you can stand up before somebody and, and you know share your voice of what is going on in your spirit and how God has blessed you, it takes a little something inside you to walk, stand up, walk, be seen, and come up and say how good God has been to me. I just came in the doors. I didn't know what I was coming into. I didn't know I was coming to the end or the beginning. But I came in on time. Mm. There's power in receiving a testimony. So I want to thank you folks that stood up here this morning because... I still feel your testimony. This project that I've done, um, I have had so many folks come up to me, and I mean emotionally come up to me and tell what this project means to them. And as a person of color, it, it hit me yesterday, and I knew it was going to hit me. All the other days, you know, uh, I went through it mellow, but I knew yesterday it was going to hit me. And it did. Beautiful thing when you can see all people come up for the same cause to say that peace and love has to come together. And we not act like we're just one, one season, seasoning, but come up as seasoning to bring flavor to life. And that's what I saw. I saw salt and pepper come together mm. to be shaken upon this thing. And the seasoning was good. The seasoning was good. So uh, I know this man got to preach uh, or has that already taken place. I'm going to preach. I'm oh, going to preach. Keep, keep on just, going. Just a little bit. I don't want to take up your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know yeah don't how, do I know how your preachers are. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> You're stepping on my time. <laughs> I had a preacher say that one time. Brother, you know you're taking up my time. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, all good. Oh, good. <laughs> I love the brother. 
But I wanted to, just wanted to, you know, just say that uh, this whole project is a project I've already said before. It found me. I didn't look for it. I didn't look for it. It found me. Hmm. And that's the way God works. He'll give you what you need when you need it. And I needed, I needed, needed that project for my spirit, not only for the funds of it, but I need it for my spirit. Us artists, and I know, I know your daughter's an artist, and maybe a few of you here, like this man as well, others even in the music world, we don't always think like you think. We don't always see like you see. And for the time when this has come along, I needed to see and I needed to feel something different. And this project brought that different to me. My spirit was in that piece. And that's why I'll say even to you, you get a chance to get down and touch it. Just touch it and say thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, ain't nobody worshiping the piece. It's not about that. We ain't supposed to do that. But just touch it in remembrance. You know, and where it is that we got to go because I put my spirit into that. I don't know much what else to say. I could stand up here and, and burn the mic up, but uh, I mean, I've already had some people say, Pastor Howard, I said, man, come on now. Uh-uh. But then again, I say that, but we all are pastors. We have to realize that what you receive, you accept, and you give away. Amen. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You got to do that. You know, just don't, just don't hear and go and forget. But here, receive, take, and give away. So the kingdom can be built. Amen. Amen. So I thank all of you, those of you that came out. Because, I mean, I'm still bubbling. You hear me talk about bubbles, but I'm still bubbling. I'm still bubbling. So thank you so much. And I thank the Lord for blessing me. And bless me with this man. This man has been my voice. He's been that something between me. When, they, when I spoke, he spoke. And his voice was my voice. And I thank the Lord for him. Mm. Amen. So as the brothers say in the street, we boys for life. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. They're going to get on the road today pray for their safe travel his family coming in from multiple states to support him in this so praise God um, if you turn in your Bibles to 2nd Timothy chapter 2 I want to thank God for a baby who was born on Friday Carter Grace was born she is the daughter of Jamond and Crystal Daughtry. Do we have a picture of the baby? Do we have it? There we go. She was born, and that is her sister, Karis, with her. And so she was born. She's a miracle baby. And so we thank God. And she was born seven pounds, three ounces, 19 and a quarter inches. Amen. Amen. And uh, is Adriana Clemens in the house today? Okay. She sang yesterday at the dedication. Um, we had kettle praise. A couple of folks from Strong Tower was there. But she started it off with uh, Lift Every Voice. And she went out there and sang in such a way where it set the tempo for the rest of the day. And, uh, and she sang all of the verses. All of them. Man, it was... It was it was so moving so that we took the time, we made the time to honor the black experience, black culture. It was, it was just phenomenal. And, uh, and I saw again yesterday what could happen, that together we made history, but together we can teach history, and together we can change history if we want to, if we want to. Now this morning... Um, I'm going to get on this bike and ride real quick here, but I'm going to fast forward if you don't mind, because technically I am in still in 2 Timothy chapter 1, but I've got to fast forward over to chapter 2, and then next week I'll put it in reverse and go back to chapter 1. So, so can I fast forward this morning? 
Amen. So, so go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. I'm going to read it for us. The Bible says in verse 3 of 2 Timothy 2, You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So with the remaining moments I have, let me talk to you about good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the word. Thank you for this time to worship you, to give you praise, to testify of your goodness. And now, Lord, um, would you give us a word? Would you speak to our hearts and remind us whose army that we're in today? Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our God honors soldiers. How do I know? He honors soldiers in the scriptures. And I know we have several soldiers here, men and women, who served in our armed forces, and we thank God for you, and we honor you, and we come along and say that our God honors soldiers. The books of Joshua and Judges in particular honors soldiers. Soldiers like Othniel, Ehud, Shamgar, Deborah, Gideon, Jephthah, and Samson. And then in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23, nearly an entire chapter honors David's mighty men. And they are named individually, and even some of their exploits are recorded. God honors soldiers. King David himself was a soldier. This means you can be a worshiper and a soldier. You can be a king. You can fulfill your purpose in this life and be a soldier. And when we come to the New Testament, military images abound. In Paul's letters. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, Paul says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We're in a war. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 1 Corinthians 9, 7, whoever goes to war at his own expense. And he's talking about making sure you pay the preacher. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 says, Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier. Meaning that Paul saw himself as a soldier. Philemon, verse 2, to the beloved Aphia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. So when we come to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, again, this is common imagery for Paul when he says to his young protege to be a good soldier, to endure hardship like a good soldier. Paul used these military illustrations because they were familiar to the people in his day. They were very practical in communicating the mindset, as Elder Sherman would say, that Christians are to have. The Jews were familiar with the military because they lived under Roman occupancy. So they grew up seeing guards and soldiers everywhere because it was a military state. As for Paul, he often found himself in prison surrounded by military guards. And during his ministry, Paul suffered regularly and unjustly at the hands of the temple guard, being the Jewish military, and also at the hands of officers of the Roman Empire. So he's shackled to soldiers. He understands their importance. And so to give a practical illustration to the people, to Timothy in particular, he tells him to endure hardship like a good soldier. Why? Because the Christian life is one of warfare, battles and conflict. 
Therefore, Paul reminded Timothy that good soldiers, good soldiers endure hardship because Timothy was tempted to leave the ministry. Timothy was suffering with timidity. His fire had gone out. He needed to be stirred up and Paul is encouraging him as well as admonishing him. And he's saying, endure, my friend, endure hardship. And that term, endure hardship, is literally one word in the Greek language. And it means suffer evil. Good soldiers suffer evil. Good soldiers endure hardship. So he's saying to Timothy, endure hardship, or son, suffer well. Suffer evil. And when I think about good soldiers who suffer evil, I can't help but think about the United States Colored Troop soldiers. And if Paul could use soldiers in his day to communicate spiritual principles, for the time I have left, let me use uh, the United States Colored Troop soldiers to remind us of what a good soldier is. Number one, a good soldier is determined never to quit. Never to quit. The movie Glory in 1989 Um, really brought to light the reality of the United States Colored Troop Soldiers. Many of us had never heard of them, never considered them, until we saw Denzel Washington, who won uh, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, and Morgan Freeman in that movie. It opened up our eyes. Even our historian, Eric Jacobson of The Fuller Story, said that his eyes were open to the USCTs when he saw that movie. And there is a scene in the movie where the black and white Union soldiers hear what will happen to them if they are captured by the Confederacy. You may have heard me say this before, that if they caught um, enslaved Africans who are now fighting for the Federal Army, if they caught them, they would torture them, send them back to slavery, or kill them in cold blood. One of those three options. Now, typically in war, there was to be some level of um, ethics in war so that if you caught prisoners of war, you would let them live so that you can exchange them for your prisoners who were caught by the enemy. But in this case, they did not exchange black people. Again, they tortured them. They sent them back into slavery. And many of those who joined were free black men who lived in the north. So for them to have the idea of going back into slavery, That was a hard pill to swallow or even to think about, or as I mentioned, they were killed. And then the white officers of the Confederacy had sent out a memo basically saying, and if we catch you uh, leading those people, we're not going to treat you with ethics as far as, you know, keeping you alive and eventually trading you for some of our people. No, 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 we're going to take you to court and we're going to imprison you and dig this for the Confederacy saying, you're acting like a traitor when they were the ones who were the traitors. So in the movie, uh, Matthew Broderick's character says to the platoon, after he reads the news, he says, uh, if anyone wants a full discharge, I'll give it to you in the morning because I understand um, what you're under, what you're facing. Because again, the Confederates hated the white people who were training and leading the black people. And they hated the black people. And so they're singing this threat forth. And so he says, if anyone wants to quit, feel free to do so in the morning. Matthew Broderick gets up in the morning, expecting to find men who quit. Instead, he found all of the men still intact, ready to go forward and fight. Because good soldiers are determined never to quit. And the USCT soldiers didn't get treated equally even by the North. They didn't get treated fairly even in the North. They had to deal with prejudice. And for the longest time, they didn't have proper uh, utilities like shoes. They didn't have adequate uniforms, equal pay, or even the opportunity to be promoted as commanding officers. Yet and still, they did not quit. The Civil War took approximately four years and three months to save the Union and end slavery. And our work with the fullest story, believe it or not, took approximately four years and three months to see that statue put up. Were there times that I wanted to quit? (laughs) You better believe it. 
Sometimes it just didn't seem like it was worth it. But I just wonder, what does it take to make you quit? I mean, if you're going to be a good soldier and we have a determination not to quit, even in the face of insurmountable odds and resistance, what will it take to make you quit? Hopefully nothing. But so many of us quit on marriage. You know, divorce shouldn't even be an option for believers. I know it's quiet, but it's true. We quit work. As soon as it gets hard, we quit. We move jobs, we go from here, we go from there, and it's always somebody else's fault. When is it ever going to be your fault? We quit, we quit, we quit. We quit school. We quit family. Some of us even quit life and think of taking our own lives. Some of us have gone so far as to quit Jesus because of the so-called hypocrisy you see in other people. You want to give up on Jesus. That's just an excuse to say you don't want to carry your cross. So you quit on Jesus. You, you quit the church. Why? It's too far of a drive. You quit church because the preaching makes me feel uncomfortable. You quit church because they don't sing the kind of songs that I like. You quit church because I don't like how they spend the money. Well, the USCT soldiers couldn't just up and transfer to a different regiment because they, they just felt tired of it. They had to endure hardship. And let me say this, coming to a church, going to a job, relationships, they're for a season. We get that. And some seasons come and go, and so you have to have wisdom. But some of us are grabbing the parachute, jumping out too soon without God saying jump, without God saying leave. And when we talk about church, when people join, they'll say, God led me to Strong Tower. But when they leave, we don't hear anything from them. I want to know if the God who led you, is he the God who called you to go? Are you tipping out the back door when you joined in the front door? Are you tipping out the back door because God didn't lead you away? You just are quitting. Come on now. Hang in there. Endure hardship. Sometimes I don't like coming here either. But I come and I always get a blessing when I come. Because I believe if God called you to the church, he'll call you from the church. Don't quit. Another thing about a good soldier, a good soldier fights for others and not just for themselves. Jesus said in John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Soldiers know that they can die defending other people and many people who care nothing about them. They put themselves in harm's way constantly. They knew that when they enlisted or when they were drafted. The United States Colored Troop soldiers knew that four million enslaved people were counting on them and they laid down their lives for them, for us and for me. That's why that statue is personal, because he made an investment for me. They made an investment for me, for us, for this country. And I intentionally asked children yesterday to unveil the statue. Why? because we have to care about the generation that's coming behind us. So thank God for Millie Pollard and Callie Wolf and Caden Gentry, whose picture is in the New York Times and in the Tennessean and all over the place as he's standing looking at the statue as a young child, looking up at an image that for you and I, Felicia, took us our whole life to see this image. 53 years for me, I won't ask you for you, but 53 years for me. But he gets to see it at five or six years old. What's going to happen with our children when they get to see images, positive images of black men that we didn't get to see growing up? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. In the song, The Greatest Love of All, Whitney Houston sings, I believe the children are our future. Do you all want me to sing it? Uh, teach them well and let... Teach them well and let them lead the way. <laughs> Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. We got to do it for the children, for the children. And that's why 
What's going on in Rutherford County with that judge that's locking up children? Somebody need to lock her behind up. Uh, I can't get a witness. I can't get any help. You locking up children? What's wrong with you, lady? Oh, that's a mindset that, again, goes back to slavery days. Just throwing us away, discarding us, locking us up, you know, enforcing authority, misused authority, abuse of authority on us. Because that's where you believe we belong in jail because we're animals that can't be tamed. So just throw them in jail. No, no, the children are our future. And speaking of children, when it comes to the children of Strong Tower Bible Church, we should never, ever, 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 ever have to beg for workers to help us with children's ministry. Because children are our future. Oh, everybody loved it when the children pulled the veil back and saw the statue, marched to freedom. But how about when we call and say, you know, we're about to start children's ministry back up. We need some volunteers, uh, soldiers to enlist in children's ministry so Felicia don't have to go around begging everybody. Can, can you help with children? We can't open up children's ministry today. Why? Because all the soldiers want to sit down and keep getting fed more word and ain't doing nothing with the word they're getting. Uh, 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 those children need somebody. Somebody taught a young Martin Luther King. Somebody taught a young Rosa Parks. Somebody taught a young Billy Graham. Somebody taught a young Chris Williamson. They're all back there. We need you. So, so we're, we're jumping back in January. That's what Pastor Jerry said. We coming back strong with our children's ministry in January. So that means Felicia's going to have to ask for people. Amen. Before that. So don't be ducking and hiding and stuff. That's not what good soldiers do. We, we care about others. And in the meanwhile, next week, we want to bless the children for the Harvest Fest. She wants 20 trunks out there with candy. Right now, we only got six. I know we're going to get them 13 trucks and trunks, rather, today. In G I know we're going to get them. Ain't that right, Strong Tower? Because yeah. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead. Randy Watson, show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a strip a pride. To make it easier. Oh, yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. Amen? Because we care about our children. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. And then thirdly, a good soldier knows who the real enemy is. There's a scene in the movie Glory when an all-white regiment is marching off to war. And uh, the 54th Regiment, all-black regiment from Massachusetts, they haven't really been able to be released to fight yet. And they want to fight. And so these white guys are marching into battle. And uh, Denzel Washington's character says, they need to let us come fight, because when we come fight, we're going to tear it up. You know, brothers always talking smack. We're going we to tear it all up. And so the white regiment and the black regiment start fighting with each other. And so they say, okay, when this war is over, I'm going to remember you, and we're we going to handle our business and carry this on. So as the war goes on, the 54th, at the end of the movie, they accept a suicide mission to storm a fort, Fort Wagner. It was a suicide mission. And they were to go in first, basically as sheep for the slaughter, and then the other platoons and regiments would come in behind them in order to take the fort. And so as they were walk marching, Everybody knowing this is a death mission, but these brothers are brave. They're not afraid to die. They're going forward fighting for other folks' freedom. And as they're marching, they see the white brothers that they had an altercation with early on. And the white brothers see the bravery in these guys and how now we really are on the same side and look at the sacrifice that they're willing to make. And as they're walking, people start clapping for their bravery. And Denzel looks over at the guy he had a problem with, and they nod at each other like, we have each other's respect. Why? Because you're not the enemy. I'm not the enemy. And when the church can realize that flesh and blood is not the enemy, the devil is the enemy. Not the white man. Not the white man. Not the black man. It is the devil. When we understand the enemy, we'll stop shooting Christians in the back. We'll stop cutting other people's legs out from under them when we understand who the real enemy 
is. Now, because we're people, we have disagreements. I got to tell you something. The pastors last week of the fuller story, me, Hewitt, and Kevin had a disagreement over something. And we, we, we were at odds with each other. And Eric, the Lutheran historian, is sitting on the side basically laughing at us as the three preachers, you know, we ain't ready to come to blows yet, but it was close. And Eric basically said, this is minuscule what y'all are dealing with. There's something bigger that we need to keep our attention on. And that's when I realized, again, as a good soldier, you don't get bogged down with minutia and little things. I remember Reverend Denson, the late Reverend Denson used to, he used to characterize himself as an old alley cat. You know, been through some fights, got one eye over here, nicked up over there, fur missing over here. You know, and he said, uh, a scratch from a kitten can't hurt an old alley cat. So he said, and this was telling him, Pastor Chris, you got to grow up. And the way you grow up is when you go through some things and you know which fights are worthy of fighting because every fight ain't a good fight. So a good soldier knows what a good fight is. And me fighting with my brothers over some minuscule, that is a distraction to the bigger, because the vision was bigger and is bigger than each one of us. That's what good soldiers do. They know who the real enemy is. Well, are you a good soldier? Jesus. Can you learn from the USCT soldiers? You see, a good soldier is determined not to quit. A good soldier fights for others and not just for themselves. And a good soldier knows who the real enemy is. But before I let you go, I got to give you one more point for free. This for free. You don't have to pay for this. A good soldier looks for the eternal reward. Yeah, yeah, a good soldier looks for the eternal reward. Those USCT soldiers knew they didn't have much to go back to after the war. And even after the war was over, thank God for reconstruction that was, even, that was there for a little while to help black people begin to socially participate and even advance in some ways. But, but, but those people who we see in the history books, they were the exceptions and not the norm. Four million people dropped off on the doorstep of freedom, but not given 40 acres and a mule, not given opportunities. And so we had to navigate through all of that. And so when Reconstruction ended and the government withdrew, the terrorists moved in. The terror era of lynching black people and the uh, Ku Klux Klan, soon as Reconstruction ended, because blacks were advancing, and then here comes white backlash. No, white people aren't the enemy. They were just being used by the enemy. And so, folks had their lives altered. Soldiers, when they got out of the war, were able to keep their rifles but the USCTs could not boldly and proudly say that they were in the USCT because they understood there was animosity against them. So that's why we don't know a lot about them today because they couldn't talk and tell their story for fear of being found and lynched and killed. There's a thing called the Colfax Massacre where 150 USCTs were killed on Easter. But when you fight the good fight, you realize there's a crown of righteousness laid up for you. And those who are last down here are going to be first up there. And for some odd reason, God allows many of his servants to die violent deaths. I, I don't understand it, but neither do I understand why he allowed his son to become a butchered sacrificial lamb for us. I guess God knows something about the other side that we don't know, that for Mega Evers to be shot in the back, for Martin Luther King to be shot while standing on a balcony, uh, for so many great men and women who died, violent deaths, USCTs who were fighting for the unity of the country, people killed them. People, black men and women in World War I, World War II would go and fight the enemy, then come back home to segregation and die. It just didn't seem right, but, but God must know something. As Paul said, that uh, the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to me. We want to keep our sister Lasagna in our prayers. She buried her father yesterday, and he passed away 
uh, on Friday, uh, excuse me, yes, last Friday. And she and the family went to view his body. She was a little hesitant, but when she went to see his body, he was uh, an amputee and he had struggled with his health. But she said, Pastor, there was a smile on his face when I saw him in the funeral home. And we both said, you know what that smile probably was? When his soul exited his body and he saw Jesus, the reverberations came back and hit his shell and he was smiling with joy because he saw the hope of his salvation face to face. So we may go through some pain to get to the other side, but the other side, oh my, sure is worth it. And that's why our folks have sang down throughout the years, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. I got my war clothes on in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. If I die, let me die in the army of the Lord because I'm a soldier in the army. Are there any soldiers in the house for Jesus? Any soldiers in the house? Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Pastor, any closing announcements? Who we got? Sydney's coming back. Sydney, I'm going to have to let you preach one Sunday because you had a word this morning. You had a word on testimony. Now you're coming up here again, girl. We're going to set up a time for you. And um, I also know a few things. I also know a few things. I I know, um, and I hope folk ain't watching, but you've gone through some resistance on your job. Hadn't been easy on your job. And we won't say all the business, but um, the way you carry yourself, we would never know. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We are proud of you. You are a beautiful black woman who's getting it done. (laughs) And if other folk don't understand it, if other folk don't appreciate it, we do. We see what you do. We see who you are. And God, God has his hand on you. We love you, girl. <laughs> you know what? I was walking up here. I said, y'all not going to get me again. <laughs> Ooh, but you got me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Words of affirmation are my love language. So I do feel that in a very deep place. Thank you.